From the Hollywood Gallery of the Peterson Automotive Museum, this is Car Stories at the Peterson. Welcome into another episode of Car Stories. My name is AJ. And I'm Chris. Today we are sitting with Rob Dickinson of Singer Vehicle Design. Uh, Rob, I first met you up at Jet Center in Pebble. And I'm familiar with your work before because I'm just a big Porsche fan. But also, your guys' work is insane. It is wow. just such quality, over-the-top uh, engineering and design and fabrication. For anyone who might not be familiar with your work, you take Porsches... Take 911s, strip them down to absolutely nothing, and then basically make them look like 911s again, which <laughs> doesn't sound like a lot, but is actually a very hard feat to do. Well, it, it, it is, and obviously people who aren't familiar with what we do might think that's a little bit perverse, but <laughs> what, 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 what we're attempting to do is uh, celebrate this magnificent air-cooled era of the Porsche 911, which, which ran from 1963 to 1998, where basically the, the 911 was incrementally improved every year by Porsche in this very German Teutonic way, um, very conservative way. And um, until 1999, when there was a sea change at Porsche, when they radically changed everything about the 911 it, it had a new chassis it had a water-cooled engine but that air-cooled era maybe maybe referred to some some people as the golden era of the of the 911 um struck me as being worth celebrating um and our work attempts to do that by by uh, uh attempting to restore and modify uh customers old and tired 911s in a manner that attempts to optimize them um, yeah. from, from a, an aesthetic uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, from a performance standpoint, from a uh, uh, a build quality standpoint. Um, so we, we we take we take the the Porsche 911 model, the 964 from the early 1990s, which was a uh, a magnificent platform that was somewhat burdened with a, a rather ugly body. Kind and, of a uh, kind of a. Stepchild in between the Carrera and the 993. Yeah, a little bit. Yes, it was. It was. It was the. It was the. Uh, by from 1963 to 1989, the, the the underpinnings of the 911 basically didn't change very much at all. There was a torsion bar um, uh, suspended car, and come 1990, Porsche radically uh, redesigned the monocoque, the chassis of the 911. Uh, at the same time, keeping the look of the car almost identical. So the glass from a 1998, the windscreen from a 1998 911 will fit the the, wind, the, the will fit the aperture from a 1963 911. That's how much things didn't change over yeah, 40 years. Wow. But so, un, but underneath the chassis changed ma uh, massively in 1990s. Before it, we go into all of that, let's let's kind of start from the very beginning of you and yourself and what got you into cars. Sure. Yeah. What was your first automotive memory? Um, well, one of my first automotive memories was, was my father introducing me to the 911, ironically enough, in, on, on, our, on our very first summer vacation south of France in 1970. Uh, in August 1970, quite specifically, I remember the, we were on a specific piece of road and uh, my father pointed out that there was a car rapidly approaching behind us and he said, that's a Porsche 911. And I was kind of mesmerized from that point on with, and rather, and rather 
haunted and and uh, inspired by this car ever since. So that was one of my first uh, first uh, automotive memories. And were sure. you not into cars before this, or was it just? Well, I, was fi- I was five, so yeah. I, okay. I was. I was you didn't have I, a long history. I, 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 I didn't have a long history. <laughs> not with cars, a ton but, of seat time, but uh, <laughs> but I was uh, I was certainly uh, getting turned on to them. And, and and my dad my dad was a car a car guy, and uh, I think I inherited some DNA. So so you had uh, in the family? Did you have some interesting cars as you were growing up? No, I mean we were, my my parents were both teachers in England, so we weren't we we didn't you know we were we we weren't poor, but we we weren't we weren't rich. But my father still enjoyed tinkering, and we had some we had some interesting. He was he he loved Renaults, he loved French cars, so we had lots of Renaults and Peugeots, um, and um, just interesting stuff, um, but nothing exotic. And when um, when it was your turn to finally get behind the wheel, uh, what was your first car? My first car, the car I learned to drive in, was a 1972 Opel Ascona Estate. You guys aren't kidding with the French stuff. Which, yeah. my, which, my, which was obviously Opel is a, 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 a part of GM, but a, G- a German brand. Um, oh, why did I think of Opel? Opel's German, isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. All right. Um, Close uh, enough. But uh, it was it was our it was our kind of second car. My dad my dad kind of uh, kind of donated it to me because it, I could fit my drum kit in it because I was I was uh, I was crazy about rock and roll at that point. So um, as well as cars. When did you get into rock and roll? I mean, was that at an early age along with 14. cars? Fourteen. 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 Yeah. I, I started. I picked up the guitar and uh, and drums and was 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 you know tooling around in, in, in local in Wait, local rock bands. Did you notice growing up, because the music scene had been huge in England growing up uh, for yeah. you, but I feel like musicians aren't always car guys. Well, at least until they're big musicians. They're not usually always car guys. So did you ever sort of feel like the odd man out being into design and being into cars and playing the drums and being in a band? No, uh, no, not really. I, I, it just I, I was what I was. You know, you don't tend to analyze yeah. things at, at, at that age. I, I was obsessed with cars, and I was obsessed with 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 with, with music as well. Um, and various points, I'm, I'm a particularly obsessive person, so I'm not very good at doing two things at the same time. When I uh, the, the 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 departure point for me was when um, I went to university to set, to study industrial design with a special specialization in automotive design at uh, Coventry University um, that's when the, the split came for me when I had to really make the decision as to what, what I wanted to do I was I I, uh, I got a job at Lotus and you know the sports car maker in, in uh, at Hethel and were you working in the design yeah I was working with Peter Stevens who uh, you probably know designed mm-hmm. the, the McLaren F1 or went on to design the McLaren F1 and was a genius designer he gave me a job uh, in the design studio, I was working with Julian Thompson, who's now head of design at Jaguar, and Simon Cox, who's the genius designer at Cadillac, or was. So what, um, so what I, cars were you working on? Uh, we worked. Uh, I was. Uh, this was ni- late 1988, uh, early 1989. So we were doing the clay modelling of the interior of the front-wheel drive Lotus Elan, okay. and I was doing. Um, I was basically stuck in the corner doing disguise panels for Isuzu's. I was just going to say, how much? Well, I wasn't doing. I wasn't doing the. I wasn't doing the flashy stuff. I, I, Peter, I mean, I, I should backtrack and say that I was. I, 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 I did two years of a four-year course at, at at Coventry. After two years, I realized I did not want to be a car designer. Although I was, other people said I was pretty good at. It. I, 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 modesty p- permits me not to say. I don't know. I was. I, was pre- I guess I was pretty good. Anyway, my my parents said, who were always very supportive, they said, look. If you want to jack it in, because I wanted to give it up for to, to pursue music, 
And my parents said, because I was kind of still living with my parents at, at that tender age, and they said, well, you know, before you jack it in, try and get a job, have a year off, and try and get some work experience in that year to see whether you really want to be a car designer or not. So, of course, I, I walked into Lotus, who were literally where, very close to where my parents lived, in the, on the east coast of England. And uh, Peter Stevens was very gracious and uh, looked at my portfolio and said, I'll give you a job. So I, got a, I immediately got a job at Lotus. Um, and after about three months, I, I just did not want. I knew I didn't want to. You were working on it. Isuzu panels. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was, yes, but 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 you know, I, I was also over. I was also one of the working at one of the you know well, most renowned sports sure. car sports car manufacturers on planet Earth, and I was I was looking at the right, I was overlooked the the design studio overlooked the, the the testing track, so it was pretty glamorous, I suppose. But I just knew I didn't want to do. It. I what I wanted to do was was pursue my. My dreams of, of rock and roll, and that's what I did. And you did, and you did it well because you were you were the front man of Catherine Wheel, which yeah. for a decade or so you guys were. Uh, we hardly ruled the world, but we made some good records. But yeah, yeah, you guys, you had a lot of singles out, and you're it was a well known name. And you toured with when you were pursuing your music. Were you then sort of going? Now I can indulge into my car passion. Well, I, 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 we finally sold a few records, and I, I absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, by 1996, I'd bought my first 911. And, um, a new one or an old one? No, it was, a, it was an old one. A 19, I, bought, I started with a 1987 911. And then I got sucked into the early 911s. Of course, I'd been obsessed with these cars for, yeah. at this point for like 15 years. But uh, um, So I got the one I thought I wanted. And then I realized I'd got the wrong one and bought the one I really wanted. Unfortunately, that one was a uh, one-third completed restoration project of a, of a very rare, for the UK anyway, um, 1973 9 2.4S, which uh, in the UK is actually rarer than the renowned, iconic 2.7RS yeah. Carrera. So I spent a lot of money restoring this car to exact original specifications, huge amount of money and time and effort and blood, sweat and tears. This is the double-edged sword of the obsessive gene. Well, a little You'll bit, have yeah. a perfect car, it's just going to cost you. Yeah, and of course, but it was worth it because there's only 12 right-hand drive versions of this wow. car in the UK, so it was worth restoring to its original. And of course I did that, and of course when I'd finished it, all I wanted to do was modify it and hot rod it and improve it. Yeah, and this so so this was probably this was 1996, 1997. This was a pivotal moment for me when I when when my understanding and knowledge of the 911 mutated to trying to improve it. Yeah, who who the hell you know who the hell am I to try and improve you know this iconic? Who looks at a Mona Lisa and goes, I could shade this. Yeah, really. Better. Yeah. I think that Mona Lisa just needs a little bit of uh, a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra work right there. I could nip and tuck at her, make her a little bit more attractive. Yeah, so 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 this was a this was a, a you know a, a profound moment for me, and of course, so anyway, circumstances had me living in Los Angeles in uh, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, and I sold my car. I had a I had a couple of Porsches in England that I sold, and I used the funds to finance my own ultimate 911 which i built here in in los angeles with a with a fabulous uh, porsche specialist shop in in the valley called uh, tre motorsports a guy called dave buzagli runs that and he, and he helped me build what at that point in 2003 was my vision of an ultimate 911 there's a super lightweight uh, race inspired cafe racer if you like yeah. a car that uh, i would take to the track took to willow springs did a lot of autocrossing in it 
it was what did you start with what was it the was a 1969 911 chassis okay that i bought from a uh, a guy called hans lapine who's head who's the uh, head uh, of the VW Advanced Design Studio in Santa Monica. His father was Anatole Lapine, Tony Lapine, who was head of Porsche Design through the uh, late 70s, early 80s. So you tend to take his word for it when he says it's a good car? Yeah, exactly. So, and and I, liked, I liked the fact that it had some Porsche lore and some uh, you know, blood in it, this car. So I bought this car and uh, basically ripped it apart and turned it into my evocation of a car that had the echoes of the great road racing 911s from the late 60s and early 70s, the RSs, the RSRs, the STs, the, yeah. all, all those fabulous racing cars that uh, some of your listeners might... might uh, you know, Porsche ruled the, ro- the racetracks in the late 60s and early 70s with the Porsche 911. Yeah. This car, no sports car on planet Earth has the motorsport credentials, but also the road car credentials of the 911. It has that m- fabulous duality, which always fascinated me. That Do you ability. still have this car? Oh, yeah, definitely. And anyway, th- so this car became my daily driver in Hollywood. As I lived, I lived in Hollywood for like seven years from 2003, making records and, and still pursuing rock and roll. And I got stopped you know, everywhere by, by you know, uh, producers, lawyers, entertainment business people i love your car man can i buy it or where can i get something like that and my car was very unique very individual kind of cool got in a lot of magazines at the time and i stopped telling these guys that i i didn't want to sell it to them which i didn't i had no intention of selling it but i started to say well i could maybe i could build you something similar and this and this thought started to mutate and by 2008 I took my father-in-law, Glenn Chang, who wasn't my father-in-law at the time, but uh, was about to be, to a Cars and Coffee event in Irvine. You probably know about mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, Ford, the Ford, Ford Design Center. On a Saturday morning, and took my car there, and there was a usual you know, flurry of interest in my car. And on the drive back, I had a, a, a pivotal conversation with, with Glenn, and said, I said to him, do you, you know, do you, did you see that reaction to my car? And he said, yeah, he said, people like, like your car. I said, well, why don't we try and take the, uh, the atmosphere of my car and the ethic and the concept of my car? My car, was a, it was a 1969 uh, chassis. It had an engine from a 1979 911. Mm-hmm. Those, the Porsches of those eras had this wonderful interchangeability of parts. You could put the engine sure. from one in the... You could, you could put a, a 911 engine from 1998 in the chassis of a 1963 911. No problem at all. So you have this marvelous opportunity to mix and match these ingredients to create whatever you want to do in, in, in the world of 911. So... And obviously, I'd done that. I was, as a, I was pretty informed and knew the right people here in L.A. and also my experience back in England. And I, and I created this lovely little car in 2003. But by then, by 2008, I, of course, had more ideas about how it could be done better. Um, I joined a very, a very exciting, pivotal uh, car group called the R Grouper, which yep. was set up by uh, Freeman Thomas and a guy called Chris Wagas. Uh, Freeman Thomas was uh, the designer of the Audi TT and the VW Beetle and worked at Porsche. Great guy, great friend of, of ours and, and a great supporter of ours. And uh, this club basically celebrated early Porsche 911s that had been hot-rodded and modified yeah, for sports, for, for for sports purposes. Who, I guess the best word is outlaw. They're outlaw Porsches and they're um, – which – I don't know. Maybe is that the rat rod term in the Porsche community? Where you outlaws don't want to be a little bit, a, yeah. You don't want to be called an outlaw, but 
it's sort of the best way for someone who doesn't know to describe it. They're they're hot rodded Porsches. They're, yes. they're they're more race inspired. They're still street cars, but patina's good. Uh, the interior doesn't need to be perfect. The body doesn't as long as it works and it runs and it gets you around a corner fast. Exactly. Uh, that's that's sort of the emphasis. Of exactly. It. I mean, it, it, it's a car that celebrates. It, it's a club that celebrates the simplification of the 911, the the lightning of the 911, the increasing the performance to 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 to, to comfort uh, ratio. A You're never bit. talking about your new paint job. Well, you are a little bit. I mean, I, everyone's very proud of their cars, and you know, and 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 this is the, this is the interesting thing. By by two thousand, I joined the, the R group in two thousand and three, but uh, by by two thousand six, two thousand and seven, an interesting thing started to happen in the R group. That's that from 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 the R group being uh, reasonably based in grassroots Porsche uh, enthusiast guys yeah. that 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 uh, certainly weren't multimillionaires, but were but had a, a, a deep passion for these cars, like me basically. Um, you know, uh, loving their car and, and and enjoying being around other people with similar interests. We started to see these very expensive, high dollar hot rods start to, to arrive in the R group, where people had spent one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars to make it look like a DIY Porsche. No, not at all. They're just, they just they 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 loved the idea in the same way we did, but they just spent a lot of money a lot of money making yeah. a really good hot rods with a really you know a forty thousand dollar engine rebuild in a in a. You know what I'm saying? Whereas maybe you would have a you know a, a body panel that's not the same color or. You know, some wheels that came off of something else for necessity for the, you know, I, I just need to get this car together because I want to drive and race it. They might go, I kind of like that aesthetic and I want it a little to bit, look yes. like that. Yeah, I mean, but but that, that that's maybe simplifying a little bit. But, you know, the, the, the cars that, that instigated the R group were very, very beautifully done cars. Yeah. But there, there was a sense that. Uh, later on, once the, the, this club was established and had become quite uh, famous, actually, the guys that had a passing interest in, in, in this and had, been, had their interest peaked, who had the ability to just call a poor shop and say, look, build me one of these things. I don't know. You know uh, those cars started arriving, and I started to drive some of those cars, and I realized how the what the what the opportunities were to really turn the volume up on this Frankenstein kind of concept of mixing and matching these 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 uh, these these components really yeah. to create a special car so, so that was that that was what inspired me and that led to singer basically that led that led to me believing that somewhere in this wonderful uh uh, era of of air cooled 911s was, in my opinion, a, an ultimate 911. And why couldn't we potentially uh, show that to the world and offer services to people to to take their old 911s and and uh, and restore and modify them in a way that it became it had a second life, it had a new relevance for the 21st century, it had everything that people loved about the very early 911s with all the modern accoutrements of a car that could be used daily in the 21st century and was a uh, celebration of what the Porsche 911 was for 40 years and that's what that's what that's what we've tried to do as singer you, you guys you guys really do the best of both worlds of you, you know you take if you look at every little individual thing you go well that's off this year or Porsche or that's you know these these lights look like they're off a 73 or the bumper and then mm. and then you look at it you go it's got a little bit of 993 look to it or mm -hmm. um, do you how does it start does it somebody ha goes i have this Porsche that i want modified and then you work with them or is it 
here's my car, call me in two years. Or Are you it, buying the cars or are they yeah. bringing them to you? No, no, no. We, 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 we don't sell cars at all. We just sell our services to, 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 to guys that bring us their old 911s. We sometimes help them find the 911 that we like to start with, which is the, which is the 964. Um, uh, no, it's, a, it's a total collaborative effort with the customer. That uh, Obviously, we have a bit of a blueprint that we start from, and we have a whole bunch of opportunities for the, for the, for the customer to make the car utterly bespoke and utterly personal to him. We've never uh, restored two cars the same way. Uh, obviously, our cars have a certain look. Um, and a certain concept uh, 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 your listeners should probably know that, that obviously uh, we attempt to do everything as well as human beings possibly can on the car and this so it's an extravagant indulgent car the result of the everything is carbon fiber the the engines are, are built to uh, profoundly epic standards as is the transmission out of the brakes uh, um, the idea is to try and draw a line in the sand and celebrate what we think is the most important sports car in, a, in an extravagant way yeah so there really isn't a singer vehicle there isn't a, a model Really? No, there isn't, not at all. I mean, we, we, we obviously have a blueprint and we have then have a whole bunch of options that the customer can choose from to push his car down a very focused performance route or it can push it down a very focused touring luxury route or we can, as, as is usually the case, we try and combine both those two, those two uh, uh, disciplines in a, in a kind of compromised car with a little bit of sporting intent and a little bit of luxury as well, which, have, which is where the sweet spot probably and is. And what do you... What do you, your, the ideal customer, the typical customer, what, what path do they usually go down? Well, they usually, the, 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 we've just, uh, as we were talking before we came on air, we, 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 we were up in Monterey this year for Pebble Beach and we, we launched a four liter engine yep. as an option, which is our, now our range topping engine. We offer three engine uh, options, a 3.6 liter, 3.8 liter, and now a four liter. The four liter has nearly 400 horsepower. Um, lots of lots of torque, 315 pound-feet of torque at about 6,000 RPMs. It's an absolute monster in a car that weighs a little little over 2,600 pounds. Uh, it's a it's has a vastly better weight power-to-weight ratio than a, a modern GT3 RS. Um, just uh, you know, you, you know, it was, we, we we the the goal with what our work has three principal goals. <laughs> One is to is to is to result in a car that just looks beautiful yeah. and looks understated, looks like it rolled off the production line at Porsche. Uh, we don't want to uh, have our machines looking like custom cars. The whole point of what we do is to celebrate Porsches, not to celebrate Singer. Uh, we have to put two Singer badges on the car to clarify what this is um, in, in deference to Porsche. And um, uh, so making the car look good was hard, but I knew what I wanted to do. So making the cars look good is, is, it was, was, a, was a done deal. Building them like a Rolex was just work, which we did. Making them go down the road like the best 911 you've ever driven that was the, t- the hard bit when you take what is basically a Frankenstein car yeah. with with lots of parts from all different, work together making it all work together in harmony was it was that's where most companies stopped doing the work that's where we really dug in and, and spent a huge amount of time money and blood sweat and tears making this car drive properly and it really really does and um, you know we had a car on the Top Gear TV show in the UK last year and it went uh, it went around their test track yeah uh, with the Stig driving it, 
uh, f- uh, much faster than a GT3 RS. So it, the, cars, the, car, the car's an absolute yeah, weapon. Your cars have been on every show. I mean, I, Leno, there's been a Leno's Garage. There's sure. been uh, you were on the Drive Network most recently on yep. NBC. You're on Top Gear. My because uh, I've, I've seen all the reviews and I've seen your guys' cars be tested. I I guess my only gripe, and tell me if this is maybe something you agree with or or this sort of bugs you, their only negativity they ever have about the car is they're at Willow Springs or they're on a racetrack, and they go, you know, for for a race car, it could be a little tighter or it could, you know, there could be a little, just a little bit less body roll. And I kind of always go, I don't see your cars as race cars. Uh, you know, they're, they're these... Luxury. The interiors are these handmade, beautiful leather tooled. And uh, you are, are your customers racing the cars, or are they just no, taking no, no, no. track days? Or no, no. You, you, you have to understand that the the, the cars that, that the media have driven have been customer cars that have been yeah. specced, as we have just discussed yeah, yeah. how they want to use their car. And the great the, the great genius of the 911 is its duality: is its ability to take you to the office on Monday. And you can take it to the racetrack on at the weekend yeah. and thrash it around the and, racetrack. And the, car, the car the will stand up. Well, if we want it, if a customer wants a highly, highly pointed, very, very focused track car, we'll build him one. Have you done any race cars? No, nobody. No, because all these guys have got race cars. Yeah, right. They want but they want a beautiful. They're 911. coming to you for they, they, a different reason. Well, they they come to us because they want this duality. They want they want to get find that sweet spot of 911 love, which is that a car that. Uh, is understated. It's it's a kind of insider's yeah. car. Our, our car. A lot of people walk past our work and say, "Oh, that's a nice old 911," which is I I consider victory. Really, probably right. the best compliment you could get. Absolutely. Is, what did you do to it? Absolutely. It's like, oh, that looks great, and just yeah. like 911, right? And then some people see the singer badge on the back and go, "Oh, it's one of those." We were uh, looking it, it, up, which uh, is which is very cool. We were looking at Gambala and Ruff and Storsig before this. Some and of the wild and crazy. Those stuff were in the like 80s. in the 90s and the 80s. Those were the big custom Porsches, but they look like big custom Porsches. Yours looks like just a Porsche. Exactly. And I mean that in but the nicest way possible. No, no, no. Well, that, that was that was the yeah. big effort, you see. And that's what that's what took two years of design time to make it look like we didn't try very hard. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the thing I like about the cars. Is you, you, know, you look at them, and even at a distance, you know there's something different about the car. You can't, if you don't know the Porsches, you can't quite put your finger on it, but you know it looks nicer. And sure. then you get up to it. And you can really start appreciating the details. And everywhere you look, there's just this amazing detail here and there. And you know, you look in the interiors, the the materials choices that you've used, and the the gauges and the seats. And I mean, everything's just like a jewel. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you know, that, but, but you know, that was part of the thing. We 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 went around every millimeter of this car, assessing it, evaluating it. Where Porsche had done everything they can. We left it alone when 20 years of, of, of experience had gone by. I remember these cars are nearly 30 years old that we're starting with, 25 years yeah. old. And a lot has happened in the world since then, so we have the ability in hindsight to improve things. Like what are in, some in, of those uh, things? What are, what's perfect Porsche hit out of the park and what's something? The front, the front suspension on our cars is basically, for, is basically uh, the, the specification of the 993 RS model, which was the last sporting air-cooled 911. We basically used the take the front suspension whole whole meal and put it in the car yeah it's a fabulous fabulous suspension we we uh, update the um, the dampers on the car quite quite heavily with aftermarket olin's dampers so we use quite a little bit of uh, quite quite a few really really good aftermarket parts we put about forty thousand dollars worth of brand new porsche parts in our restorations 
And of course, we create a lot of parts ourselves through rapid prototyping and all these modern methods that, that we now have access to to create gorgeous parts without $100,000 tooling. What, uh, what are some examples of some of the more aesthetic pieces of the car that people would recognize and not realize that there a lot of work has gone into changing that to make it prettier? Sure. Um, well, the bodywork body is all rendered in carbon fiber, um, and it's very subtly most people wouldn't know that because it, no there's no it. there's no, no visible carbon fiber on the car which which we like we like the perversity of that obviously carbon fiber is a big kind of uh bragging rights and and we i have to remind our customers that actually under the paint is $100,000 I don't think time will be kind to exposed carbon fiber maybe not no i, I think that will become a bit of a dated look yeah so so we we like the idea that we that, and of course Dr. Porsche in the, in the 40s and 50s said beauty comes from functionality you know if something is functions is designed properly to function and operate as intended and meets all its design briefs it's beautiful yep you don't have to you don't you go about it that way rather than aiming for beauty and then and having having something which is potent you know it was all about embellishment or the lack of embellishment so we, we you know that's always been a uh, a, a byword for us at Singer in, the, in that, you know, beauty comes from doing something right, not chasing beauty for the sake of chasing beauty. So, so you know, I think that's echoed in our use of carbon fiber. So the carbon fiber is rendered, all the surfacing on the car is subtly different to allow us to accommodate bigger wheel and tire packages, which allows us to put the proper brakes on the car that we need to. Um, again, that took a lot of a lot of uh, surfacing and a lot of uh, design time back in 2008, 2009 to get the, to get those details right. Uh, the lighting on the car is radically up, upgraded um, to, to 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 bring the car kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Light lights on early 911s are notoriously awful. Uh, so we've we've up, uprated the performance and the uh, componentry of the of the lighting systems. Um, yeah, you guys we've touched it. We've touched er everything. We've, the, 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 the Fuchs wheels, which were an iconic part of the early 911s, have been. Uh, we, we've we, we put 17-inch versions of those on the on the car, which have been slightly tweaked and nipped and tucked to look how we want them to look. And um, but you don't notice it. Hopefully, yeah. That's the that's the, that's that's the gag yeah, do you, that you get, don't notice. Do you get it. the customer who goes, "This is all great. I want mine to sort of." go more in the direction of a you know a 67 911s or maybe someone who goes i want more of a 930 turbo look or no we 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 don't do, we only do one we kind of do one thing although yeah. although although each of our cars uh, are unique and very bespoke we still underneath there is a blueprint yeah uh again that i think i mean our we have fixed rate pricing for our services which is unusual in, in this in, in this industry we kind of only do one thing which is unusual in this industry that's the only way you can have fixed and, rate prices well, to do them one way kind of yeah <laughs> and 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 you know we we uh i'm often asked why we think we're how we may be different to other people in in this in this uh in this industry and i say well uh, you know, we obsess about the uh, the weight of the conrods in the engine as much as we obsess about the grade of the leather on the dashboard. And I'm not sure that there are many companies out there that have that same kind of m maniacal obsessive. Yeah, and your cars, <laughs> obsessive for, attention for to, knows, to every, your every cars day. are not even remotely cheap. They're they're four hundred to a half a million dollars. But uh, this is going to sound crazy. 
when you look at how nuts Porsches are going, how 911s are just skyrocketing in value mm -hmm. over the last year, two years, that gap is slowly closing in. Because now someone can go spend 450 grand with you. Or they can spend two hundred and fifty grand on, a, you know, a concourse level nine eleven S, or mm -hmm. a, they can go spend four hundred and fifty grand on a Carrera RS. Mm -hmm. a, milli you, a million and a half on a yeah, Carrera RS. I mean, do you ever does does the market affect your prices? Does it ever go well? It's good, I got to stay a certain percentage above a collector car or a you know a no, sports not, car. Not at all. I mean, to, to like, I mean. You're, some of your listeners who aren't familiar with our work must be aghast at, at, at the fact that you know our work can can, can stretch to, to to those kind of numbers. Well, that's the, the the one thing is it's you go okay that's a half a million dollars for the car and then that's not the the crazy thing it's when the other person goes oh okay yeah sounds about right <laughs> yeah that, that well seems I mean a little cheap now that I think well about I that. mean yeah. in, in, there are other people really doing is. there are other people doing similar things there's a company in in the UK called Eagle E Types that do something yeah. vaguely similar with with the Jaguar E Type and they charge a million dollars for their work and their work is uh, commensurate to ours it's some incredible work but they have priced their their work. Like if we're going to do this, we're going to we're going to actually you know we're going to price got, it properly. We, we, we children we, to feed. We we were you know five years ago we were terribly, uh, terribly worried about you know producing this thing and this idea this concept if you like, and uh, people liking it but saying well you know and 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 but not being able to you know pricing it too high. We were very conscious of that. So we've we've raised our prices incrementally um uh, over the last 2 or 3 years just to try and make sense of how much the ridiculous amount number of amount of time and effort and money that goes into executing uh, you know, bespoke builds to this yeah. standard, which is, which it, I mean, the margins are extremely slim, even at even at where, where we're talking about. If we if you're talking about normal commerce, the guys in England have got it right. You charge a million dollars for what we do. They're, yeah. they're, we're four thousand hours go into each of our cars. And I guess as the gap is slowly closing in, because when these cars are going up, the the craziness doesn't seem so over the top because you go. Well, I, if you've got your first car and you got your second, you're now. I mean, I feel like Singer. It's it's your fifth car. It's your sixth car. Mm -hmm. So when they go, do I want to go buy a new turbo? Do I want to go buy a G, new GT3? Do I want to go, you know, to Bonhams and try to go find the nicest 911 S? And they go for 150 now more, 200 more, where it used to be 400 more. Mm -hmm. Uh, they go, well, I can just go get a Singer. I can go get one that does it all perfectly. Well, it, 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 it's interesting. I mean, you know, a, a new Ferrari 458 Special is like 400,000 yeah. bucks. F12 is, you can easily spec a card, an F12 to 500. You, less so in the 911. Obviously, there's nothing in the 911 realm that is necessarily that we are competing with on, on a price level. But what's interesting is that a lot of the, the the customers we have have pretty amazing car collections, as you can imagine. And um, are they Porsche people, or are they just yeah, usually? But they're, a little bit they're of everything. Some of them are purely Porsche guys. They've often got a career of GT in their garage. They've often most of them have a 918 Spider on order. They're 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 nuts Porsche. We're meeting most fabulous people. Um, who have these incredible collections, and what they say is that, that what's what's very interesting is that the 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 car that we build for them, the 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 Singer Porsche Porsche is, is is gets so much love from from the public when they drive it around, as opposed to some of their more outlandish supercars, which get 
kind of make them look like dicks. Well, <laughs> you know, it's for it, lack it, of a better well, term. Well, it, 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 it's you know, and, and you start to understand that you get in. How often have we got in cars that we love and we sit in them, and we think this? I don't feel comfortable in this car because what it says about me. Yeah, yeah. The, the great thing about a nine eleven is that it's classless in a way. It's obviously an expensive exactly. car, but it's like the Volkswagen Golf of the of of, of the sports cars. It's classless. It's just been around forever. It's and, and we we love that sense of quiet insider understatement, and I think other people do. And I think what we wanted to do. I'm a grassroots Porsche guy who has no ability to afford one of the cars that that we do. I mean, it, but my 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 goal with with Singer was to was to create this fabulously celebratory over the top indulgent 911 but not allow what we did to ostracize or or be seen as elitist to grassroots Porsche guys and I don't think and, it and, does and, and I don't think it does yeah. either and that's what I'm probably most proud of in that in that there's a uh, we, we we drove two cars into the paddock at Laguna Sagra up in Monterey and the the car it was like we were the rolling stones walking in it was yeah. like this this real love for, for 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 what we've done and kind of respect for what we've done from the kind of guys that I really wanted to respect from who can't necessarily afford the car, like I can't, but love the fact that someone's been nutty enough to try to yeah. try and you know create something like that. Well, and, that, and, and, that and that's a big deal for us. And that we're not. This isn't about elitism. This isn't about you know cynically find, seeing that there's a part of the market that we can take advantage of. This is about an utter. Uh, obsession that that uh, this car can uh, that such a car can exist that we're that we're doing and and to hell with the price to hell I with the price the, the price is the price is is is, is a total is is got nothing to do with what we do. People have to ask you this all the time, and uh, I'm, but I'm going to ask you anyways. What is next for you guys? Is do you ever do you or not necessarily what's on the books, but what what is something in your head you go that's a cool idea? Maybe Porsche wise, do you want to do? Do you ever look at a 914 and go, I can make a really cool one, or a 356, or like a 944? Oh, of go, course. All, all of that stuff. I mean, the, 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 Do you ever we, want to get into another brand? Um, we are creative minds at Singer, and we, the, the, as you can imagine, we are car nuts in a very, in a very rounded sense. We, I'm a, I, I love cars of all creeds and color and everything else. So uh, we're, we find ourselves at a pivotal point at the company as to, as to what we do do next, and uh, we have three or four things up our sleeve that we'll be, we'll be unveiling in the next 18 months, two years, which will all be Porsche-centric uh, ideas. Um, what, what, what I'm, again, what, what the thing I'm most proud of is that uh, we've created a company which is kind of synonymous with one, doing one thing really well. I mean, we, you know, we, we, as you asked me before, if someone comes in and wants that, I say, well, we can't, that's not what we do. So I, but we do one thing and we do it uh, apparently better than anyone else. And that's, uh, from a brand point of view, that's very, very, very valuable to us. And, and I'm very proud of that in that we do this thing with the 911s, but we also have uh, a, a renown, if you like, around the, around the, 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 the company itself. And I think that um, that is very valuable, and we would like to be seen to be, I, I guess, the best in whatever thing we choose to do. And that's, so that's a, a rather a, a broader thing to, to bring to Singer as, a, as, as an idea or as a brand. And uh, I, I, I want this company to be synonymous with, with, with people thinking that this is a company that can get under the skin of design icons, 
research them, obsess about them, shake them up and represent these things in a way that, uh, that is relevant for now, for the 21st century, to, to, to an audience that never got to experience the, the first thing. The, the, the original version uh, because they were too they weren't born yet or something yeah. and I think I think uh, being custodians of that kind of those kind of design icons is very exciting it's something that we'd, uh, we'd, we, we, we we hope to we hope to develop but uh, I think singer will 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 stay Porsche Porsche how, how many of uh, the cars have you built so far since you started down this path we're we're but we're we're building number 27 at the moment so and and just for people that are uh, on the other side of this microphone that are listening, you know, when you build a bespoke car, uh, of course, you have a little bit smaller audience that can afford to do mm-hmm. something like this. But also, it takes a lot of time to put something like this together. About how long is the the typical build? About eight months. About eight months. We we take a deposit which claims a build start date, a commencement date, and then when that date arrives, uh, we're generally finished with the car about eight months later. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, an imperfect process a little bit, but we're getting better at it in terms of, you know, understanding where the uh, where the where the uh, challenge points are and where the uh, where where we can be a bit quicker. How um, many cars do you usually have going on at the same time? Twelve, twelve cars. We may, we have twelve cars in process at at, at any one point. So that that twenty seven is going to rapidly increase. Yes, we're, we're, you know we've enjoyed we've enjoyed fabulous exposure, which we're which we're humbled by, and you know the, the guys Jay Leno, Chris Harris, all these the Top Gear, all these. I don't think people. you've gotten a single bad review. No, it's it, it it's humbling. It really is yeah. very humbling that 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 that, 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 that this idea has resonated with, with with so many people, and uh, as a result of that, of course, our, our work has 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 blitzed around the, the globe. We're we're, we're very. I think we're almost at fifty percent international international sales to, to Who, U.S. sales. Um, wow. If you can't, because there's famous or notable Porsche owners, are there any notable famous owners that? You know that you have created. I mean, if, if you can't say it, we understand, but that you've built a car for, or uh, yeah. Uh, but I, 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 again, it is between I, you, I, and, I, you I, and the I, owner. I probably have to be discreet, uh, discreet about that. But well, I mean, we, we, we. Well, look, you see Leno driving around a, a McLaren. You know, he bought a McLaren. Sure. But- Sure, sure. Uh, Jay hasn't Jay hasn't bought one. I I I, I hate it. I mean, Jay was wonderfully supportive, but he, I don't think Jay's necessarily a big Porsche guy. No, he's got a couple in his collection which are exquisite, but his his I think his loves are, are elsewhere. But he was he was very complimentary about the car, very 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 gracious about the car. Love, lovely. Lo- I don't lovely think he's an any car guy. I think he's an every car guy. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I don't think he has an allegiance to anything. No. Yeah, just, absolutely. I mean, he's just everything. just nuts for yeah. for ever from. I mean, he show, he was so he showed after we shot shot the the segment for for for, for the singer. We, we he he personally showed me around his collection for like two and a half hours. Just oh, yeah. so like me in terms of like forget <laughs> forgetting where he was and who he was and just yep. just being in the moment with these fabulous machines. Just, yeah. just cars incredible. will do that too. Yeah, yeah, just incredible. Yeah, he. I think he doesn't think of himself as a collector, more of a, just a custodian. Yeah. I think he just thinks I just these are the cars. These are why I'm here. I just take care of them. What First, a great, I own a bunch of cars. What a you know just just so uh, just so inspirational in terms of uh, you know spending <laughs> spending your money in a in a in a, in, a, in a sensible way. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in. If anyone wants to check out these cars, go to SingerVehicleDesign.com or just go to YouTube. Type in Singer Porch. You're going to see no less than twenty awesome videos of your cars just 
flying around the track and right. having just some great shots and great reviews of them. And then follow them on Twitter, twitter.com slash Singer Vehicles. And check out Car Stories on carstories.com. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we have new podcast episodes. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, Rob. Thank Thanks you, Sam. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one.